Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Buying a home can, can be a very challenging and I would imagine many times overwhelming experience, especially uh, for the first-time buyer. Um, now, while buyers may count on friends and family to offer advice, it's it's really nice to have some professionals in your corner uh, as well when you head down that path. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell. And on the podcast today, we'll have two experienced voices uh, who are going to guide us through this topic. First, I'm pleased to welcome Lavelle Law Attorney Kelly Anderson back to the podcast. Kelly, of course, is highly experienced in real estate matters and has shared her knowledge a number of times on previous podcasts. And along with Kelly today uh, to discuss his new book, Finding Home, Everything You Need to Know and Do for Home Buying Success, is real estate professional and new author Mike Tricky. Uh, so good afternoon, Kelly and Mike. Nice to have you guys here today. Thanks so much, Jim. Great to be here. So we... We live in a different economic environment today, really, than we did even a, a few years ago. And in many places, the market has swung in favor of renting property. Um, Mike, what, what are some of the advantages that still remain in owning a home? Well, even though um, it's might have swung to renting uh, being important in the in the short run, in the long the long run benefits of owning still remain. Some of those are number one. You are setting down roots. You are you're planting a stake in the ground. You're putting in a place where you can grow uh, your family. Um, you know what your uh, mortgage payment's going to be, so you don't have to worry about rent increases in the future. Um, you're leaving behind a temporary um, uh, living style and starting to take on something a little bit more permanent. Also, there's financial benefits. Um, if you do it correctly, uh, buying and owning a home over time can significantly contribute to your net worth. And on an ongoing basis, you get a lot of tax benefits. Mm-hmm. And and certainly we want to dive into those a little bit today, and we're going to talk about the new book that you've written. Um, and, and Kelly, as we prepare to talk about that book, You've dealt with so many buyers, especially first-time buyers. What are some of the challenges and fears that you encounter with them when they're when they're walking into a, a purchase process for the first time? Well, you know, the two biggest things going into it for them are are, are they going to get the financing for it and how they go about that. Um, and two, going through the whole inspection process um, with the home and seeing, I mean, everybody can walk into a home and, and get excited about it, but once they have that inspection, sometimes they are facing, you know, some um, issues that they, they weren't anticipating and then sort of guiding them through that process. Yeah, and that, Mike, I'm going to turn back to you because what you talked about in terms of some of the values and benefits dealt a lot with stability and a lot of important value items. But certainly for a buyer, one of the biggest things that comes up is finances. So when you're a first-time buyer, how do, how do you know what you can afford and, and where to go to really get reliable financing? Well, uh, affordability is really a function of what you can uh, afford to put up front towards the purchase and what you can pay on an ongoing basis. When when you're looking at how much you can uh, 
uh, pay up front, um, you, know, you have to consider what your savings are, what uh, other debts you may have as well, and also the amount and the stability of your ongoing income. Uh, you, you know, the, the traditional uh, measure uh, in in days gone by was you you needed to think in terms of being able to put down 20% of the value of the home and plus have another 3 to 5% above that for closing costs. Um, there are many programs nowadays where you can put down uh, far less than 20%. Uh, there's programs available, for instance, uh, through the FHA where you can put down um, about 3%. If you're a veteran, you can actually buy a home without having a down payment other than the uh, the costs that you're going to have for, for closing uh, to pay for fees and, and, and such. But it's generally best to put down as much as you can um, to reduce the amount of your loan or to um, to buy a, a bigger or better home if you can. Uh, there, you're, you'll want to look at different ratios. Uh, the, the important thing on an ongoing basis is that after you pay for your housing costs, your your mortgage and uh, an allowance for your property taxes and in your insurance, um, and you might have homeowners association fees in some communities as well, you should have a comfortable amount left over to meet all your other expenses and still have some left over for savings. Um, some advisors suggest that your housing costs should be no more than 25% of your, your monthly income. Um, there are programs where lenders will allow you to go up over 40% um, of your, your income for housing costs and some of your other debt costs. Um, but in the end, you have to decide how much you're comfortable uh, paying out each mm -hmm. month. You may decide to buy a smaller home so you can gain more comfort or you may decide that you're in a situation where you're going to increase your earnings in the near term, so you may want to stretch a little bit at the beginning. It's, but when you do that, you have to understand that you're taking a risk that those higher earnings will develop. Exactly. Now, the, the process itself has changed a lot. I mean, I, I certainly remember the days of getting the Friday newspaper to find listings and then driving around all weekend to see the homes that, uh, that were listed. It um, doesn't work that way anymore. How, how has the Internet changed the process of buying a home? Oh, dramatically. Um, a lot of folks used to um, do as you're saying, and they may also very early in the process engage a real estate broker. Nowadays, um, people like to do a fair amount of research on their own before they start working with a realtor. You, there's many sites such as Zillow.com and uh, Redfin and um, some of Realtors.com and others where you can put in the parameters you're looking for in a home and get um, a whole listing of homes that are potentially suited to what your needs are. Uh, in the book, we, we go through a concept, uh, first of all, called the location choice hierarchy. First, you in you need to kind of figure out where you want to be, what state, what part of the state, what city, uh, even down to the neighborhood. And that could be based on a job or family or your desire for certain amenities or whatever. And the Internet provides tremendous tools 
for searching what's in areas. Um, they provide maps, commuter maps, for getting to jobs that may extend the range uh, that you, you can look for houses. Um, so once you've found the, the general area, then the sites like Zillow and others that I mentioned earlier can help you drill down to specific houses. Now, there's a lot more to that process, and Kelly, you and I have talked about this in the past. Uh, um, you know, Mike mentioned real estate brokers, real estate agents. There's also mortgage brokers and attorneys like yourself who are involved in, in the process. What's, why is it important to have professionals kind of working with you, as, especially when you go through that first-time opportunity? Uh, I, I can answer that. Um, you know, real estate agents understand the locations. I think first-time buyers are so excited about buying a house that they're not necessarily looking at the practicalities of things. And I, from personal experience, you know, I, I saw some homes with my agent, and uh, rightfully she talked me out of some places that I was just, you know, excited about, and you weren't you thinking as clearly because you just want to get that house. And uh, mm -hmm. a real estate agent can really help steer you in the right direction in, in a number of ways. It's very important to have them, as well as an attorney to review your contract. Yeah, that contract portion is very important, and we don't want to underestimate that. We're we're talking about the home home buying process today, looking primarily at the first time buyer with with great input from Mike Tricky. Mike has uh, just completed a new book, Finding Home: Everything You Need to Know and Do for Home Buying Success. It can be found at FindingHomeBook.com and all the major uh, booksellers now: Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, and others. Uh, so you might want to check it out. I'm already thinking this is going to be a good Christmas gift. Um, I know a couple of people who might like to have this in hand, and I'm going to go shopping as soon as we're done here. And, of course, uh, you can get information about Kelly Anderson by visiting LavelleLaw.com. Um, now, terminology is important in this process, and some someone who hasn't been through it might not understand some of the differences and subtleties. Um, can, can Mike, maybe you explain the difference between a home appraisal and a home inspection? Are they the same thing? And if not, what makes them different? Sure. The home appraisal is an assessment of the market value of the home, and it's usually done by um, a professional who who is practiced in that uh, that field. They'll look at uh, the comparable sale prices, or uh, I should say, the sale prices of comparable homes in the area, and they'll make adjustments for any differences in the homes that have sold versus the one that you're looking to buy. If it's a brand new home and there's no comparable sales, sometimes they'll also look at the cost of, of replacing the home to build a new home, such as the one you're looking at as a measure of value. An inspection, on the other hand, is really um, somebody going in, a, a trained person going in to see if you're, the home you're buying is safe and uh, that per, the inspector identifies needed repairs. Now, they're not going to go like up on the roof or um, in, in attics and crawl spaces most of the time, but they will look at major systems in your home like the furnace and built-in appliances, that sort of thing. They'll look at the electrical, they'll look at the foundation, they'll look at your siding, that sort of thing, and, and alert you uh, to items that, that need attention. And we've got a couple minutes left here, and I want to get at least one more question to each of you as we talk about kind of the back end of the process. Mike, I heard you mention possibly 2 to 3% of the price as closing costs. Is that a reasonable target? Is that what people should go in expecting and be prepared to pay? 
Yes, that that is. Um, it, it really depends on how you structure your deal, and that's where your your um, real estate attorney can really help, as well as the real estate agent. But um, you you have to think in terms of the the bank has costs of putting your loan together, and they're going to ask you to reimburse them for them. There's costs for your title insurance. There's costs for for doing the appraisal, for doing the inspection. Also, um, you may have to put down some money at the closing uh, towards your upcoming real estate tax bills and your uh, upcoming insurance uh, bills. Uh, as a first-time buyer especially, lenders oftentimes require you to escrow the costs of real estate taxes and insurance, and then they'll pay money out of the escrow account for those bills when they come due. And, and you... you when you add all those together, about three three percent is about what you normally see. And Kelly, we've talked in the past. Give me a quick rundown of a couple of things that people should be prepared for in the closing, um, so that, that everything goes smoothly. How, how should they prepare? Well, these days, the the good thing is that lenders are now required to give buyers disclosures of as to the amount they need to bring to closing at least three days in advance. So a lot of the things can be taken care of up front, and the buyers will have their money ready um, a little bit in advance of closing. But um, they should know that um, any amount over 50000 if they have to bring more than $50,000 to a closing, it must be wired. So they would need wire instructions. They need to bring photo IDs because everything they sign is going to be no Notarized, um, and uh, and and you know if they've hired an attorney, they should be in good hands and know that they're getting good, clean title, and that's what the attorney um, at the closing is going to make sure of. They're going to be reviewing the title commitment and title policy to make sure that there are no liens on the property and that everything is correct on the deed. Well, a lot of things we didn't get to today, and so I want to encourage folks to take a look at uh, Mike Tricky's new book. Uh, be sure to visit uh, FindingHomeBook.com or check for it uh, on, the, on the major uh, sources uh, such as Amazon and, and Barnes and & Noble. It's uh, Finding Home, Everything You Need to Know and Do for, uh, for Home Buying Success. Thanks to Mike for being here. Thanks to uh, Kelly Anderson of LaBelle Law as well. And thanks, as always, to all of you for listening. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. 